Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Nobody bashed John Fetterman more than us when he was running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. Some people believe that when he got his brain operation, it fixed his liberalism. Here he is, one of his latest screeds about the border. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we, we need a secure border. Uh, I've been very clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me as Republicans in my race that I'm very much uh, a strong supporter of immigration. And, you know, my my wife's family, that's the Oregon story about that. Uh, And I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. And I really uh, I think about immigration is we want to provide the American dream for any uh, migrant. But it seems very difficult when you have 300,000 people showing up encountered at at our border to do that. How could that possibly be worth playing that clip? But it's because almost nobody can say it out loud. And my reaction to that is the same as the first time I heard it. Um, Who are you explaining this to? We know. We, the sane 70% of America to the right of the lunatics, get that. In fact, it's self-evident to us. He uh, said in that clip or a different one, you're not a racist because you want to control the border. Yeah, well, shouldn't have to, shouldn't be hard to say that out loud. It shouldn't be noteworthy, but it is noteworthy. Yeah, it's utterly mundane from the perspective of a conservative. But uh, yeah, you're right. It is noteworthy in today's politics. Which brings us back to the topic that we uh, tried to rush through at the end of last uh, hour. And, and we can sum up today. Because I think it's really, really important to understand. 
And again, the the writer works his way to the main point. He's talking about how anti-racism becomes anti-Semitism. Barton Swain. Uh, and and he's talking about how everybody needs something to blame when their point of view does not bear fruit, when it goes wrong. And, and he talks about how the trouble started. Oh, I guess he. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, the trouble started in the 1970s with the elite American society whose stated goal was, hey, we're going to eliminate racial inequality. And the trouble started in the mid-70s when the reality became clear that the liberal answer to racial inequality, the modern welfare state, starting with LBJ and the Great Society, was not working. Again, from 1940 to 1960, black poverty rate declined dramatically. Less dramatically, but significantly, from 1960 to 1970. And after 1970, it stalled. Hardly any progress at all. Yet, decade after decade, the prescription from right-thinking liberals, whether elected Democrats, social welfare agency heads, academic experts, liberal intellectuals, entertainment industry glitterati, it always remained the same. The answer, double down on 60s-style social welfare policy, liberalize criminal laws, and vilify whites, other than themselves, of course. The electorate intermittently challenged this orthodoxy. He gives the uh, example of Rudy Giuliani in 1990s New York. And and his policy policies rejected the liberal policies, and they worked. Ignoring warnings of cop apocalypse by the liberal political class, Bill Clinton signed the 1994 Crime Bill, 1996 Welfare Reform Act. Both crime and welfare dependency receded. But the orthodoxy always reasserted itself, as it did when Barack Obama expanded Medicare in 2010, and his allies in the media and intelligentsia demonized governors who resisted that expansion as what? Racists. Maybe you don't remember that, but yeah, that was a big part of the argument. Then he says you could chart this cyclical process of doubling down on liberal race orthodoxy by noting a series of abstract words and phrases invented by liberals to excuse the failure of liberal policy on race. Disparate impact, a legal doctrine first given expression by the Supreme Court in 1970. We know this one, that if there's an unequal result, the only explanation for that can be racism. <clears throat> Uh, then the project of diversity in the 2000s as black economic prospects improved little. The term became the terms became more absurd and more openly racialist. Liberals complained of colorblind racism. The idea that disregarding race exacerbated race relations and was in effect racist. The terms unconscious bias and microaggression are prem premised on the ideal that well-meaning people can spread racial animus by using seemingly innocuous words and phrases. Then you got your equity, inclusion, diversity, an entire industry of consultants and corporate officers whose stated purpose is to foster equality in the workplace, but who go about encouraging everyone to think constantly about racial identity. And Borcher's idea on all this is all these can be fairly understood as attempts by American liberals to explain to themselves why the beliefs on race they had presupposed for decades remained unimpeachable, but had utterly failed at every, by every measure, at every era, their ideas have failed and failed and failed. And so in 2010 or so, you got the Ta-Nehisi Coates, Robin D'Angelo, Nicole, Hannah Jones, Ibram X. Kendi. They became celebrities by alleging that American society had been a racist project from its earlier days, earliest days, and there was no curing it except to tear it down to its roots. So his belief is that 
There was such a commitment to the classic 1960s-style liberalism, and it failed so miserably, they needed an explanation that could be something, anything, other than this stuff doesn't work. And hence, we've come to this neo-Marxism. What say you, Jack? Well, I think the numbers have been pretty clear for a long, long time that... uh, it's like the homeless situation. The more money you throw at it, the worse it gets. This is clearly what's happened here. I mean, for if you're if you're not a student of this sort of history, you know the the the, the years you put on it coincides exactly with the Great Society of Lyndon Johnson, and then throwing more and more and more money at poverty, and it, right. it got less and less and less results. The more money you threw at it, rewarding dependence, punishing marriage, punishing raising your own children, that sort of thing. Um, it's horrifying. It, uh, but when all of that failed so miserably, the we need to tear the system down people took supremacy uh, because the old style liberals are just they're wrong too much. And so now they call everything racist that includes any vestige of the traditional system. And you're thinking, wait, in what way is that racist? Saying all people are equal is racist? Well, they have to claim that's racist. Otherwise, how they how can they take control of it? If their argument is we're anti-racists and you're racist and you need to give us control, their only argument is uh, that stuff is racist. And even if you can't comprehend why it's racist, they're so forceful and mean about it, you just kind of say, okay, okay, quit calling me a racist. I don't want to lose my job. Mm-hmm. Or, or because some confused adolescent girl might not be that down with race consciousness, some white girl, and they need the energy of the young, they'll convince that confused white girl she's non-gender conforming or transgender or queer, which is an all-size-fits, one-size-fits-all. I just don't know who I am, and I'm pre-sexual anyway, but my teacher's telling me to be this. And so if you resist that, you're a transphobe. So you have to give way and give them control. It's all about control. Because they failed. Coming up, we can tell you how the uh, Democrats are going to try to play the whole Biden age thing versus Trump. I uh, saw it on NBC this morning. It's going to be big. Going to be a big part of the election this year, and you should be aware of it. He's like dying, but they've got a spin. Okay. Oh, absolutely. A, a big one. So, but before we take a break, though, so I went to the Packers 49ers playoff game on Saturday with my kids, and I, I asked this question a lot. Maybe there's just something I don't understand about anecdotal evidence or economics or something, but, uh, Given the mood of people about the economy, you know, the wrong track is like 85% record high, you know, the percentage of people that are paycheck to paycheck, all, all the all those stats that you hear mm-hmm. about how unhappy people are. How is it that, you know, I waited in two line, two hour line with my kids to ride a ride at Universal for with incredibly expensive tickets? <laughs> Uh, you know, because the place is so packed. Or I went to this NFL football game, and I know what I paid, and it was a lot. Um, surrounded by people that did not look wealthy. They just looked like regular middle-class people. So what uh, what gives with that? Is it just something I miss? It's a small percentage of people that do all these things. Yeah, or even if it's a third. Or how crowded the airports are, and how packed the planes are, or how crowded restaurants are, or all of that. Well, 
to cite the country, if you got a third of people doing well enough to do all that stuff, you know, that's 110 million people or so, uh-huh. 115 million, uh, spending money, having fun, doing the big stuff, doing the great stuff. And then the other two thirds are like, this is not going well at all. I think that's enough to explain it. Maybe that is it. I mean, because the statistics of paycheck to paycheck, you know, I'm worse now than I was four years ago. Just all that sort of stuff is in such bad shape. It just doesn't seem like you could pack a plane or a restaurant or a theme park or a football game with people happily throwing gazillions of dollars at it. But I I think my one third and don't hold me to that number as I just threw that out there. Plus people who make bad decisions and take on way too much credit card debt. That that explains it. Yeah, I wondered about that, too. How many how many people here can actually afford to be here? I just want to yeah, it's that. I mean, their thing. It's the one really expensive, really cool yeah. thing they do yeah, once yeah, yeah. a year. Maybe, maybe that's that's the difference. You got a lot of people doing the one thing they're going to do that surround you. Yeah, I was questioning whether we should be there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with the stock. The stock market set all kinds of records on Friday. Maybe that was it. We all looked at our four hundred one ks on Friday and thought, let's go to the football game. Well, see, I was just about to jump in and portray you as some sort of little Lord Fauntleroy type uh, princeling, but now you've undermined me in advance, so I guess I can't. But, um, uh, you know, if you regularly do super cool stuff and there's always a crowd, you might miss the fact that, you know, it's a different crowd each place doing the one cool thing they're going right, to do this year. Right. Yeah, that, that's got to be it's got to be the way the math works on that. I think so. It's expensive. I mean, you don't have to sit where I sat, and those were really expensive seats, but, you know, average price is just really, really high to go to sporting events and concerts and stuff like that. Or yeah, remember that whole Taylor Swift thing? The average person spent 1200 bucks between tickets, parking, flight, outfit, everything, T-shirts. Well, that's a lot of money. But like you said, to each their own. Maybe it's the one cool thing they did that year. Go to the Taylor Swift concert. I could see that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. absolutely. You're some young woman working in an office. That's your Christmas. And New Year's and Halloween. So Trump had a old man moment? Dementia? Misspeak? What are you going to call it? That the Democratic Party is really going to hold against him and try to neutralize the whole Biden is, uh, is, is too old to be president thing. We'll see if it works or not. We can tell you what it is coming up. Stay here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The concern I have is I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. Why did Nikki Haley say that? Because Trump had a flub on Friday. Pretty bad flub. Uh, We'll play it for you here in just a second. You need to determine whether it's just a, you know, misspeak like anybody does any day of the week. At any age, really. You you said Jim. Did you mean Dave? I'm sorry, I meant Dave. You know, that sort of thing happens with everybody all, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the Joe Biden thing. And I can tell you, and we'll give an example of how the Democrats are going to try to neutralize the whole Joe Biden's mental sharpness issue by claiming Trump's just as bad. He's damn near 80 himself. Anyway. Mm. Here's Trump on Friday. He was talking about January 6th and who was supposed to be protecting the Capitol and whatnot. You know, when she comes here, she gets like nine people and the press never reports the crowds, you know. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it. Because of lots of things, like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, whatever they want. They turned it down. They don't want to talk about that. He said Nikki Haley a lot of times when he met Nancy Pelosi. He didn't just say once. Mm. That's an odd thing Mm. to say. Offered Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, Nikki Haley, she was in charge. Offered Nikki Haley 10,000 troops, and she turned them down. Yeah, since he was just talking about Nikki Haley getting very small crowds in New Hampshire. Right. And then why he tra- why he made that transition, I don't know either, but well, that's Trump. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think that's great. No, I don't think it is either. And so do you have that longer thing, Michael? Yeah, I do. So so before we play this and it's over 2 minutes long so we won't play the whole thing, but and I don't know who put this together. They played this on MSNBC this morning, and they were yucking it up about how, how can you criticize Joe Biden, who is clearly sharper than this guy right here? Now, my opinion, having watched a lot of Joe Biden and a lot of Donald Trump, they're not even in the same ballpark in terms of who's old and losing it. But this montage of selected stuff from Trump is pretty well put together. And the half the country that doesn't take in, you know, Fox or, or, or Newsmax or any of that sort of stuff is going to be convinced, yeah, it's a wash as to, you know, they're both old. Hmm. Anyway, here's, here's a little of the, the anti-Trump stuff. With Obama, we won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. Obama dropped missiles and they ended up hitting a kindergarten. If that's the case, he's going to end up being indicted when he leaves office. Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to mention, he doesn't even mention them in his statements. It's all coming through Iran. Well, you mean President Biden? They uh, were interviewing him two weeks ago and they said, uh, what would you advise President Obama? The whole world seems to be exploding. They never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, 
Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, so whatever they want, they turned it down. He was confused. He was confused the same way he said Joe Biden was going to start World War II. We would be in World War II very quickly if we're going to be relying on this man. So Clearly, there Donald you go. Trump that's just, uh, that's, you know, 45 seconds of a two-minute thing that they put together and we're trying to neutralize the Joe Biden thing. He did refer Going to- with the, yeah, your guy's senile too. That's a great Defense. place for us all to be, isn't it? He has referred to the, it would seem, the sitting president as Obama a number of times. Not exactly sure what's going on there. Yeah, he has said, well, Obama's secretly in charge behind the scenes. That's what I mean. You know, whether you buy that or not is up to you. I don't know. You think that'll work? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So a bunch of you understood what Kamala Harris was getting at, so we'll play that clip coming up next segment and explain it, I guess. Wow. Wow. So they speak uh, fluent Kamalaese and uh, they interpret her rantings. They speak fluent dunderpate. Wow. Some of our listeners. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Because we thought it was incomprehensible and just, uh, you know, drivel. But, uh, okay. What the hell? I'll keep an open mind. Uh, I am i don't know from modern country music. Uh, is L. King a big deal? L. King? L. King, E-L-L-E. I don't Michael, know L. King. Doesn't mean they're not a big deal, but I don't know him, her, it. It's a her. Okay. It's a her, and evidently she was performing at the Grand Old Opry the other day, somewhat cool. soused. All right. Is that correct? Let's hear it, Michael. I'm sorry, which clip was that? Eight. eight. Qu- clip eight, yeah. You ain't getting your mom back. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Good, because you ain't getting it. I'll tell you one thing more. Hi, my name is LK. I'm a 
So she's uh, arguing with a uh, a heckler there? That is Rob Schneider's daughter, I'm told in my ear. Comedian. And she's moving from pop music to country music. Getting on the Grand Ole Opry is a really big deal. It's hilarious, the idea of being in trouble as a country singer for being drunk, since every song is about how drunk you are. And also funny that at the Ryman Auditorium, which is where the Grand Ole Opry was held, is right behind Tootsie's Bar, where all the artists, including Hank Williams, would go to get hammered out of their minds before they'd walk over there and perform. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. We have become such a panty-waste country. We have. Haven't we? We have. I remember when our country stars were a blotto and everybody <laughs> knew it. <laughs> There's more to this? All right, go ahead, Michael. We're celebrating Dolly's birthday, the good old I think we are going to go ahead and tell them I'm celebrating Dolly's birthday. Huh? Is that Kamala Harris? I'll celebrate a birthday in one way or two. Hell, let's give him one of yours. How about that? I don't know. Go ahead. Why don't you give me this? Let me see. If I, I'll tell you one thing. I can barely play another person's song. Let me see if I can play one of mine. At what point did they give her the hook? Hanging out at the Kapia, drinking whiskey. Kapia guy. <laughs> <laughs> to drink to perform, girl. <laughs> That's a Rob Schneider throwback. So on a serious, uh, more serious note, uh, a couple of things. I wish we had time to get into this, but we don't. Um, National Review with a great report on how the Washington Post is in the bag for Hamas. And like way down that road in a way that's really, really troubling. Reporting without uh, any analysis at all the claims of Hamas. And then headlines saying uh, no evidence Hamas uses civilian centers as operating uh, you know, facilities. I told you I heard that on NPR, and it blew my mind. It made me gasp out loud when I heard that on NPR when um, uh, the announcer mentioned Hamas using hospitals and schools and uh, for bases. And the, the guest saying, uh, that has been debunked. That's been uh, widely debunked that they do that. I thought, wow, you're just going to let that go on a post. Wow. Right, so just a quote from this uh, National Review. Several outlets, including National Review, were able to report by mid-afternoon. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this was this was a, a different incident. I flipped to the wrong place. But um, So they're claiming no evidence, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, every hostage released is saying, yes, I was held at gunpoint in a hospital, under a hospital, by civilians. We were in a school for a week. On and on. Well, and it's eyewitnesses to the use of these places. Well, and it's being reported by other dominant media people like ABC, NBC, CNN. I mean, so you're really an outlier. Yeah, yeah. I do not know what the heck is going on there uh, at the Washington Post. I mean, everybody. Uh, yeah, well, I know you know that they're off the rails, but there's off the rails. Then there's like, I we're Hamas activists. Yeah. Just crazy. And then I wanted to get to this. Speaking of the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, the whirling sands of the Middle East. The, ah, there's a word. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. I'm worse than Biden. <laughs> the whirling sands of the Middle East. <laughs> no, the, the unsettled sands of the politics of the sands of the desert of the Middle East. I think you need one more sands. <laughs> 
And I'm criticizing poor little Kamala Harris. Where do I get off? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my I God. Don't know. It's, oh, my God. I love that clip. I really do. Uh, so this is uh, from our one of our mutual favorite uh, follows on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. It's too confusing. Anyway. Uh, it's OSINT Defender, um, Open Source uh, Intelligence Defender. It's now been 24 hours since U.S. forces at Al-Assad Air Base in western Iraq were attacked by Iranian-backed groups with rockets and ballistic missiles, crossing at least one red line set by the Biden administration against these groups, causing at least two American service members to be injured. One critically, I'm told, critical traumatic brain injury. Uh However, despite this, we have yet to see any kind of response against these groups or the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps of Iran who is supporting and aiding these attacks. Uh, which is true and extremely troubling, as we discussed earlier on in the show. It, it does not take a Ph.D. in international relations to understand you have got to make the costs higher than the benefits to discourage this sort of attack. You, in fact, I would argue you've got to make the costs so brutally impossible to take that for two decades afterward anybody who contemplates something like that says no we should not do that right we can't do that right. against the u.s right because they'll escalate we'll escalate the united states will escalate that's what people should be worried about not us constantly worried about someone else escalating we're the big dog and then for perhaps the first time in history, I thought the first couple of comments to that post were, were quite elucidating and worth mentioning. Uh, one person tweets, uh, last week in the Middle East, Iran fires missiles into Iraq, Syria, and Pakistan. Pakistan retaliates with strikes against Iran. U.S. Navy continues striking Iran's proxy forces in Yemen. Attacks on commercial shipping in Red Sea continue. $32 million U.S. Reaper drone shot down over Iraq. Ballistic missiles fired at base in Iraq, housing U.S. troops wounding too. Israeli forces strike IRGC, that's the Revolutionary Guard, in Syria. Turkey strikes Kurds in Iraq and Syria. Israel's war against Hamas and Hezbollah continues. And the comment to that is, in other words, they're scared of making a regional conflict that is indeed already a regional conflict. I, I can't come up with an explanation other than the passivity and the, the fecklessness, the we better notism, the we can passive our way out of this. I don't want to do anything because if I do something, I'll be blamed for doing something. Nature of the Biden administration. They are broadcasting weakness around the globe. Well, how many times have they used the phrase, we're worried about escalation, we don't want escalation? Just tell him the, the the guy next to you. You can keep hitting me in the face. I am not going to bring out a gun or hit you back very hard because I don't want an escalation. What? Right, right. But what what makes it even worse is that the guy has proven over and over and over again that he's going to continue hitting you in the face. It's not like you tried that gambit gambit once right. and realized, oh. I can't passive my way out of this. I can't reason with this person, and you changed course. No, it's happened over and over again. No, this is horrifying. It's going to change when a whole bunch of U.S. service people die. I think that's a guarantee, and it's awful. Well, and I will repeat what I said earlier. If it is that easily predicted and that that's certain to occur, and you're 100% right, then to not prevent those deaths in advance is is negligent homicide. Oh, I think you could make that an impeachable offense. Yeah, we're going to wait till 10 guys got killed, because then we'd have a good excuse and people wouldn't like yell at us in the Washington Post. You are responsible for those deaths in a very real way. It's disgusting. Yeah, it really is. 
What's that going to do to our election? That That's what might drive Biden out of the White House when everybody turned on him. Yeah, as if we need one more reason. But yeah, you're right. 100%. Some sort of recurrence of the humiliation of uh, Kabul, the fall of Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. His approval ratings will fall even lower than they are now, if that's a thing. And if, if he's possible. driven from office, it'll be President Kamala Harris. We played a clip of her a little bit earlier. Made no sense to us. It made sense to some of you. Uh, we'll see if this makes sense to you, the listener, when we play it. Coming back. Stay right here. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I was just in Hanson's studio, executive producer Hanson down the hall. He has his own Uh studio. And it smells delightful in there. Was he, Hmm. does he have vanilla candles or? I don't know what he does in there. It's fantastic. Mm. We have to ask him if he's, I mean, I've whiled away many a happy hour, and I've never noticed the scent in particular. Yeah, it's very nice smelling. It's just his wonderful essence. It might be. Maybe, maybe, he, wow. just, maybe he just emits that scent. Um, so, <laughs> I heard wow. this yesterday when I was watching ABC This Week, and I thought, what did Kamala Harris just say? I thought, I must have spaced out. And then I played it back again and thought, that doesn't make any sense. And I played it a third time. Nope, I'm right. It doesn't make any sense. So I had Hanson grab it, and we played it, and we didn't think it made any sense. A bunch of you explained it. I think you're right. She did make sense. She just, she always, she's just a little too, I don't know. She doesn't set up what she says well. I think that's why it confuses people. Um, anyway, here, here's how it went down. Why not go out and attack Donald Trump? Go after his legal challenges. What are you guys waiting for? Well, let me just tell you something. I am of the school that you either run without an opponent or you run scared. (laughs) I have learned that to be a fact, and that is the way that I feel about any election. So So the explanation for that, apparently it's quoting somebody from years ago who's famous for saying the only way to run for office is as if you don't have an opponent because if you... Think about your opponent. You're running scared. You just need to run. 
on your own, your ideas and your blah, blah, blah. You know, I got to admit, I wondered if that's what she was driving at. But, okay, so 5% of the people who heard what she said, and that's generous, divined what the hell she was babbling on about. And so we're the bad guys? (laughs) I don't know if we're the bad guys, but... (laughs) So anyway... That's uh, some explanation. It's just like one of the crazy things we played a while back. It was pointed out the next day that it was a Bible verse she was referring to. Okay. Well, if you knew it that. comes in the morning. Right. If you, if you know that, that's great. But if you don't know it. It's, the Bible. <laughs> if you don't know it, it seems like nonsense. So maybe she just needs to set up her. Another thing from a famous politician, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I, I don't think going past, does anybody have any idea what she's talking about, is 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 really unfair. <laughs> I mean, if I were to unleash some sort of obscure uh, a screed, which included a couple of phrases in French and one in Latin, quoting the great author Marcel, Marcel Squatzelot, whatever, and... <laughs> And like 95% of people didn't follow it at all. Anybody to say, yeah, yeah, he was quoting the great author, blah, blah. No, sorry. That's not the business she's in. Anyway. Uh, I like Marcel squats a lot. But I also oh, like yeah. uh, Winston Churchill, who Ron DeSantis attempted to quote yesterday in his uh, speech announcing that he was giving up the ghost and quitting and everything like that. Turns out this is not a quote from Winston Churchill. He got beat up on the internet for that a while, uh, uh, somewhat. But I've heard this quote my whole life re- uh, attributed to Winston Churchill, so I don't blame him for getting it wrong. Anyway, I wanted to bring up the quote just because I think it's a good one. Did you see this? No. Yeah, this is not actually Winston Churchill, but it doesn't matter because you've heard your whole life that it was. Um, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. That is a good flipping quote. No wonder it was attributed to somebody like Winston Churchill. My favorite part being, because uh, failure is not fatal, I've heard over and over again. But not success is not final. That's what. Right. That's that uh, saying I like from my one of my favorite music groups, the Drive-By Truckers. There's no such thing as a happy ending. It's all about when you roll the credits. It's the mm. same thing. When things are going good, or you just won this one, or you got the quarterly prize, or whatever, that ain't the end of it. (laughs) It is not the end of it. You can't roll credits on your life, and oh, what a happy ending. That's not the way life works. Yeah, I think that's one of the things you learn from being a sports fan, honestly, is is, uh, athletes or coaches will say, hey, we're going to savor this victory uh, for about a day, then we need to get back to work. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Yeah, that's a good one. Both ends of it you need to uh, keep your eye on. I need to keep my eye on. Oh, yeah. And it turns out Marcel squats a lot is who said that, not Winston Churchill. You know, he was known for his wit as much as his wisdom. Kind of. Dry wit, though. Very dry, like a box of saltines on an August day dry. Marcel, Marcel squats not. It, what? it did kind <laughs> of fit Ron DeSantis's campaign brand, though, to end with a quote that was misattributed. Because his whole campaign... Remember his... First of all, he started way too late. He should have jumped in right away. Waited too long, <laughs> trying to be too clever by half, as they say. Then his announcement on Twitter live with all the sound problems and Elon and it went on for like two hours talking about random crap that meant I mean that was just horrible 
It's been described as a disaster, and I think that's a good description. And it turned out it wasn't just a one-off. No, it was an indication of how the whole campaign was going to go. And yet, my final word on this, on the Ron DeSantis campaign, is that we are so obsessed with presidential politics in this country, and he tried and failed, that it would be easy to uh, go with mockery. And, and especially among Trump fans in derision for Ron DeSantis. I appreciate Trump saying, hey, endorse me. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you take away the whole failed presidential run, which was probably doomed from the moment that Trump said, oh, no, I'm in. Right. I'm running. <laughs> right. So as a football fan, there was no combination of the pass, the run, and the special teams that would have won the game anyway. He yeah. lost it before he, the kickoff. I will say what we have there is a staunchly conservative, effective governor of a reddish, purplish state who's a really good warrior against the woke, and we're lucky to have him in place. Support him. Don't hate on him. for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the day. Michelangelo in the control room. What's your final thoughts, sir? Yeah, I enjoyed uh, watching playoff football, and as I promised, I painted my chest, but unfortunately, I should have used washable paint because I used the actual mm. spray paint. It's taken a long time to get the D off. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Katie Greener, esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? I had one, and now it's gone. Oh, I'm it sorry. You're like, you're like, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. At the same time. Yes. A lot like that. Yeah. Jack, a final thought for us? So I was wondering, you know, I went back and forth whether or not to take the kids to the Packers-Niners game on Saturday. And I'm jaded because I've been to a gazillion things and I'm old and I don't need to do anything. Five hours of driving total. Four hours in the rain the entire time. And my kids didn't stop thanking me in the entire weekend for taking them to the game. That's nice. That's really nice. Uh, my final thought is you've got to establish the run to set up the pass. <laughs> there were more runs this weekend than I've seen in years in the NFL. It looked like the old days. Yeah, partly because of tough weather, I think. Maybe. Where you got like a big fullback blasting through the middle for a bunch of Whoa. yards. I don't remember the last time I saw that. Be amazing I love that. Game. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have the hot links there for you. The articles, books we referenced, whatever. Got the links. Uh, pick up a t-shirt. Drop us a note. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow, New Hampshire Primary Day. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. It's, it's really serious. They're locking up my toothpaste. The devil ain't going to win. No. No. That's not what I was told. So everybody chill. Just shut! Ah! Okay. Okay, sorry. So let's go out with a bang. We're going to smear goose liver on our chests to prevent pneumonia and the consumption. And we're going to kill a bison and split, spread the blood on our foreheads and dance around a tree. I, no, that, that's not a good idea. On that high note, thank you all very much. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.